So we talked last week about inner story and this whole idea of your inner story is, so, so there's your main life story, which is what everyone sees, what you talk about, what, what is clearly how your life works. But your inner story is often the things which are untold, unseen, sometimes unrecognised even by ourselves. Uh, your inner monologue, the, the thoughts that actually sometimes override the things that go on. So it might be that someone says something positive to you and you then internally discount it because that's not what you think about yourself. Um, sometimes we can be completely controlled and dominated by our inner story. Um, but actually what we know from looking at stories in the Bible, we talked about Paul, um, Saul of Tarsus becoming Paul, his encounter with God, transformed and changed his inner story. Who he was entirely changed because of an encounter with God. So we're trying to work out how can we bring encounters with God and connection with God into a regular pattern in our lives so that we're constantly going through this, uh, these moments of change and these moments of, of development of our, of our character and our personality. We'll never arrive and get there and get it all sussed and sorted. But actually, what does it look like to be truly teachable, truly mouldable as humans um, so that God can keep changing us and developing us into who he intends us to be. Um, so we're, we're talking about developing your inner story, but the, the kind of subheading for every week is what's the point in dot, dot, dot. So this week it's what's the point in praying? Part one, because I've had to split it into two. Um, so what's the point in praying? Um, and I think when we look at spiritual disciplines and the idea that we're going to look at prayer, reading the Bible, all these different kind of things, there's so many token things and normal things we could just talk about. But actually, I want us to try and um, do what we always do, I hope, is let's be really real about this. Let's be really honest about it and really realistic about some of the challenges of how this works and some of the way that we might feel about it. But when we think about prayer, what is the point? Uh, I'm not sure what your experience of prayer has been. We've had some good conversations already about times when prayer has been a real comfort and it's it's worked um, in essence. Um, it may be for you that prayer is like a natural conversation with God, which is often what we'll talk about where we'll try and push each other to say, look, it's just a conversation. Involve um, God and communicate with God. Um, but sometimes it doesn't become that. Sometimes it becomes something where you feel like there's a standard that needs to be hit in order to pray effectively or do the right things in prayer. Um, you may lack the confidence in knowing what to say or when to do it. Um, you might feel the need to perform, use some special kind of language or these, these words that you wouldn't normally use to a friend, but you've heard it mentioned in the Bible or you've heard someone else mention it in church so you use those kind of words because isn't that what you do so it almost becomes a bit of a ritual um, and often we can we can reduce prayer down to being something that makes us feel like well we need to do it in order to make God happy because um, if he wants a relationship then we we must pray and then if I've prayed then I tick I tick a box to say he's not going to be disappointed in me say because I've done my prayers um, and it may be that we fervently prayed for something and that we have that weird moment of disappointment where we go, I prayed and I don't understand why it didn't work this time. And 
those kind of things. This is why we've got to be real about it, because prayer isn't just something that's straightforward and simple that we just say, we just do it. Don't you? You just, it's just a chat with God. When it is, it is a conversation with God. But it's so much more complex than that because of, I suppose, sometimes the way it's been presented or the things that we've been told about prayer, that, that actually if you just do X, Y and Z, then this will be the end result. It only takes one moment where you've tried that and it hasn't worked for some in some situations for the whole bottom to fall out of, well, how does this work and where's God? What's he doing and, and what's going on? And, and as a result, we can sometimes build prayer up to be something that places quite a lot of pressure on us that in order to do it right or to get it right or to convince God to do the thing that we're asking, we will we'll try all of these different things to, to make it happen. But as you'd expect me to say, prayer is actually about relationship. That's what it's really about. Prayer is about relationship. It's a conversation between you and God. That's the essence of what it is. It's not a way of building credits to convince him to do something. It's about a relationship. I want us all to take a moment to think about someone in your life that you would naturally talk to and confide in. Someone human. (laughs) in your life that you would naturally talk to and confide in. Imagine that you've got something that you want to share with them, that that something's happened in your life, whether it's good or bad or just ordinary. In that relationship, you would want to talk to them, wouldn't you? You'd want to be able to talk to them about it. So imagine that scenario. You're going to your friend. You want to talk to them about your day. It might have been the greatest day, it might have been the worst day, it might just be that you just want to offload about the ordinary <laughs> events of that day. When you think about that, how does that conversation work? How, how do you converse in that conversation? Because this is what a relationship looks like. When you've got the safety of ringing someone up or popping around to someone's house for a cup of tea... Um, and just being able to say, oh man, today. And then you unpack what, what the events of today were. Or um, when you meet someone somewhere, the normal thing that you would say in the beginning, the kind of um, development of small talk gets to that point where you go, how's, how's your day been? That's how we, we move from small talk into actually what's going on in your world, what's going on in your life. But how does that conversation work? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the reality is you end up talking about your feelings. And if you trust that relationship, you are open to advice. So very rarely would you go and pour your heart out to someone and tell them everything that's going on in your situation and then be completely closed to their advice. It's not, that's not a safe relationship, is it? If you're not going to um, be open to it being a two-way thing, or they're being influenced from that other person. The reason probably that you're sharing your, your experiences and your feelings is because you are safe and you trust that they hopefully love you and want the best for you and are there to have, uh, to, to listen. They're interested in you. They want to be involved in your life and if they can support you give you a perspective that will that will help you that will encourage you that will lift your spirits uh, that will make you realize you're not 
um, you're not an idiot, <laughs> you're not weird, you're not uh, irrational for thinking that way, or be someone who would sensitively bring you back on track. We have these relationships because we need sometimes that sounding board and that support and that love and that care and attention to, to make us realise that we're not going mad, um, that actually um, they can un- someone can understand why we're feeling the way we're feeling. And maybe they can be there to give us the best little bit of advice that will shift our focus or maybe just that, that nugget of support that we need that just makes us realise that we're not on our own. That's how that conversation works. And the key question is, how do you feel after that conversation? The hope would be, and this is where we know whether it's a good friendship or not, the hope would be that you feel loved, supported, encouraged, upheld by that conversation. If you're not feeling like that, generally those are the relationships we begin to back away from and go, man, I'm not sure this is particularly what a a relationship of value in my life. And I think that's when we begin to realise that the power of relationship has an opportunity to really transform us and and support us and care for us and, and aid us in our lives. That's the kind of stuff that enables us to be better. There's an old saying, isn't there? A problem shared is a problem halved. And it feels like that, doesn't it? When you've been able to share something and it's been well received and it's been taken with care and consideration and with love, it really does feel like that weight is reduced because someone else is prepared to step into that void and carry the, carry the weight with us. And I suppose, in essence, what we're talking about is we have that opportunity to do that in relationships uh, on earth with friends. And, and I believe God places amazing people around us uh, we've just got to work out who they are and be confident and brave enough to trust them. But the reality is there's also this amazing spiritual opportunity for us to be able to connect all of those same things to God and allow that to be um, a relationship that that is pivotal and foundational in the way we move forward as individuals. So a big question, what does God require from you in prayer? When we think about this whole idea of uh, we need, as Christians, we need to pray. What does God require of you in prayer? Is it regular contact? Is it your thanks and appreciation? Is it correct theology? Is it a list of requests? What does God actually require of you? Because sometimes it feels like those are the criteria that we place on this this act of prayer that we're going to pray um, and you need to know how to pray and and when to pray and what to pray um, what kind of things you can ask God for what things you can't ask God for sometimes it feels like if we're not careful it becomes a ritual that has all of these um, conditions attached to it like growing up in church I've felt like it's always been suggested to me well you need to pray every day um, you need to uh, make sure you, you can't be selfish in your prayers. So you need to make sure you thank God for everything in your life that you are appreciative of him because then then he'll listen to you. Um, you you've got to make sure that you that your theology is correct and that you're saying the right things and that you're talking to God in the right way. And um, and that you are allowed to make requests to God. But this is the way that you should do it. 
like, man, this sometimes feels like there's so many things that I can potentially get wrong here. Um, does it ever drive me away from the thought and the, the concepts and the idea that I would just sit and have a conversation with him like I'd ring a friend that I trust um, and, I'd, and I'd have that moment? And when we think about praying, our thoughts can easily be hijacked by a sense of expectation to tick so many different boxes. But what does God actually want? And hopefully none of this stuff will surprise you because it's very in line with where we've been going. But what does God actually want? Well, it's simple in my eyes. He wants you. That's what he wants. He wants you. He wants you in your way and in your language, in your personality, your way of doing it. He wants you speaking to him. And and that's the essence of, of, I suppose, the foundation of what a prayerful kind of connection and relationship with God looks like. That it's actually just you being you, presenting your world, your thoughts, your feelings, your dilemmas, your struggles, your successes, the things that you're really grateful for, you're aware of. Um, you're, it's that that he wants you to bring to him in prayer. Yeah, there are some patterns and ways that we can pray in order to make sure we're covering all bases. But really, it, it should never be something that we beat ourselves up about the fact that I feel like I've just been really selfish in my prayer life. Actually, man, if things are difficult, what does God really want? He doesn't want you to tick boxes. He just wants you to, to come to him as you are and present your reality to him. And Because cause what he really requires is involvement. That's what this leads to. It's not just about informing God of, oh, by the way, I just want to bring you up to speed with a few, here's a few headlines from my life because I don't want you to feel left out. It, like He's pretty clever. He knows all of that stuff already. But what he actually wants is involvement. He wants that opportunity to be sat with you in those moments. So it's not a one-way thing where we just write um, we write an update and we present it to God and send it and never expect, never expect to reply. It's like that conversation where you sit down over a cup of tea with a friend and you just have an opportunity to say, man, this week has just been challenging. And you unload it and they, they respond, they, they um, support, they understand, they... they um, give you examples of when they've been through that kind of thing. It, it's, it's that kind of connection because what God wants is, is just to be in it with you and involved in it. And I suppose when we feel, uh, when, we, when we decide to pray, we can often feel inadequate about the way that we pray. When we hear others praying so eloquently, um, maybe that can inadvertently set a standard for people to achieve um i don't know if you've ever found that if you've ever been to a prayer meeting and there's people going off on these absolute marathons it's brilliant like if that's what works for you that's great but sometimes in those moments i'm like i only got two sentences to say and maybe people would laugh if i just give these two sentences but i can't really think other than just repeating the same things in different ways i can't really think of what else to say um Sometimes it can feel like there's a standard that's set that needs to be reached and achieved. And 
I don't know about you, but, but sometimes you can be made to feel inadequate. But the key thing to remember is that's not God's standard. That might be the standard that's inadvertently set in a room, um, but that's not his standard. You are enough just as you are. Uh, and that's the amazing thing. And I suppose the other challenge around prayer um, is the dilemma of whether God will answer your prayer. And this this happens so often with different things that we genuinely, with the right heart and the right motives, will bring requests to God and ask God um, to to do stuff. But then there's this moment in our heads, isn't there, which goes, "Will will He hear me? Will will He be listening? Um, will He do what I've asked Him to do?" Um, and then that awful question is, "What what if He doesn't do it?" What if he doesn't? I suppose the, the, the challenge is, does it mean that he's not interested, that he doesn't love you anymore? That, these are the mysteries of, uh, and this is the biggest mystery for me in, in the world and in the whole connecting with God thing is, I just don't understand how he chooses when to step in and when to not. Um, and I think that will be my eternal struggle of not understanding it, not understanding how he would decide to. But, I think this is where it can become a little bit difficult that if God doesn't do what you've genuinely and wholeheartedly asked for, does that mean it's game over? And we've talked about this before. Do we just do we just say that's it? End of end of relationship because you have the power to do this and you haven't done it. Um, it's so difficult. Can I, I can see why people have walked away because someone that they love hasn't made it through when they've done everything that they can to plead with God that he would step in. And the reality is we are we live in a world that is far from what God intended. That's the reality. That's why we see sickness um, sometimes overtaking people and the end result not being the miracle that we'd hoped for and prayed for. But then we can see other situations, can't we, where, like what Joe's described, where simple things that that could have gone one way just seem to go in the direction that we desperately want them to and we see the beauty of those things as well and we see that that maybe there is some orchestration that goes on at sometimes that just brings things together that just seems to work and there's there's a there's a beauty and then a mystery isn't there in all of this stuff. And I think it's being prepared to sit in that balance and those scales of, of times, there's going to be times of both. Um, and it's understanding that we don't have to throw it all out because something's not gone the way we wanted it to. Um, and I suppose the fear of, of, of this kind of stuff, of what what's happening, what's going on, the fear of... God not coming through and answering it can sometimes destroy people's prayer life. They become scared to pray a brave and bold prayer because they don't know what they'll do if he doesn't answer. So maybe it's just easier to not say it, um, not verbalise it. They're too scared to verbalise it because they're fearful of the outcome. So to save disappointment, sometimes we just choose not to ask. And I suppose the reality is God's not asking for a formula to be to be met or 
a correct amount of faith to be inputted in order for the required outcome to be actioned. What he's looking for in those moments is just connection and involvement. And the mystery bit, I can't explain. I can't, I've got no, I've got no solutions and no answers for that. But if we reduce prayer down to a wish list, then we begin to encounter some quite major problems when our requests aren't always fulfilled. And that's, this is where prayer becomes a challenge. And I suppose when we're in that frame of mind and ask ourselves, does prayer work? It becomes complex to answer that. And it seems that saying sometimes <laughs> is the most honest approach. Isn't it? But when we acknowledge that prayer isn't about a wish list or about outcomes and that it's about connection, involvement and relationship, then the scenario shifts slightly. It changes slightly. I want to read a little um, passage from Philippians. Uh, Philippians 4. It's one of my favourite verses in the Bible and it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. If we uh, look at that in the, the NIV, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the instruction is that prayer is just something that we should do, is something that we should pray about everything. Now that's not because we need to exhaust ourselves with constantly requesting this, requesting that. We can bring our requests to God. That's clear. That passage says it clearly. That's what you need to do. You need to bring those requests to God. But really what he wants is involvement, is connection, is relationship. Just wants to be included in everything. If we're being told to pray about everything, it does not a chore. It's just what, God, what God's actually saying is, I just want to be involved in everything. Talk to me about everything. Include me in everything. And if we include him in everything... There's this opportunity for, for not, not every outcome to change to be what we, we, we require it to be. But when God is involved in a situation, things change. Things are transformed. It might not be that the outcome becomes what we want. But that, that peace that defies understanding is the thing that, that comes to us. In all that we're doing. And I don't know whether you found that ever in life. But to me, it's one of the most powerful things to have. And, and often in times of sorrow and mourning, like you guys are going through at the moment, you can find these moments of strange peace, which don't make sense. Laura, you would probably say that. Mm -hmm. There's moments where it's just raw mm -hmm. and it's and it's tough and it's and it's brutal. It's 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 almost tangible and spiky the pain and the difficulty but then there's other moments where you go I shouldn't feel as peaceful and as calm 
as I do. But something has changed. And that is the power of connecting God into everything that we do, into our, our successes. We, we feel it less in successes because we're already, the adrenaline's already given us the buzz. But there's still, he's still in that in the same way when we include him and involve him in it. So regardless of the outcome, prayer will be beneficial. That peace that transcends understanding makes a huge difference. And I don't ever want to be someone who denies that that is one of the most fundamental and important things for me to to pursue and crave. Because peace is such a powerful thing, isn't it? Um, And often I find that that's the default of what I'll pray for people. When things aren't going right for them, when things are difficult, I just think, man, what do you pray? I'll tell you what I can pray for. There's a peace about it. Whether someone's suffering or someone's grieving or or someone is is, um, just struggling with what's going on in their life. If peace could be the thing that enters that situation changes so much and it, it brings hope with it it brings life with it. It, it it's an amazing thing so in simple terms we need to decide whether we want to involve God in this part of our lives or keep him out and the decision that we make in these things is would we rather go through this with him or without him and I suppose we're, t- we're talking about training ourselves that in everything that we do, whether it's the monotony of a daily job um, or whether it is in a really difficult, challenging situation or in a, a really enjoyable moment, the decision is, do we want to include him or not? Do we want to go through this with him or not? For me, the biggest moment where I had to make that call and strangely I made it really quickly and really naturally because I'd never been in this situation before is when my brother died so he died suddenly in a car accident so it was it was instantly there was no preparation for it he was just gone and the trauma and the the panic and the um I don't know like the hit of grief in that moment caused me to or us as a family really have to make this quick decision and our knee-jerk reaction, luckily, <laughs> I look back on it now, was to go, God, we just need, we need you. We need you in this. We don't know what's going on, but we just pray that you would help us and that you carry us. And it was the most important decision we made because all I can describe, I mean, it was, it was, it broke us all and we are broken people as a result of that. But it was the thing that enabled us to keep our heads above the water. It gave us that peace that transcended understanding. And the decision to include him in that transformed that whole scenario, not into a great thing that we enjoyed or appreciated. It was still riddled with trauma and sadness and disappointment and will always be a a kind of a point of brokenness but what we did by inviting God into that is we enabled there to be something greater that came from that situation we enabled there to be a positive that could come through as a result 
of our openness and willingness to just invite God into that and include God into that. So choosing to cling to him made a way for peace and for good things to come through. And sometimes we pray and our circumstances change, don't they? Sometimes we pray and everything stays the same. And then sometimes we pray and the thing that we dread actually comes to pass. And this is called the reality of life. This is just the world. It doesn't mean we don't pray. That's, That's not the advisable thing to do. But if we pray, we invite the divine to be involved in whatever's going on. So when prayer becomes about connection and involvement of God in our situation, then it works because it has the power to change us in the process. And that's the key thing. There's an opportunity for us to be changed and transformed in that process. When we see that prayer can change us, we can also acknowledge that prayer on a regular basis has that ability to strengthen that connection with God and build that relationship. And as a result, we grow through that interaction, don't we? We can see that the times where we've chosen to bring God in and say, God, I don't know what's going on, but I need you. Then that connection gets stronger. The interaction is there. And you know for well from a, a human friendship, if you've walked through something difficult with someone, the depth of relationship and friendship that you have because you've both looked at each other in the eyes through trauma, there's a depth that grows that, that is there instantly because you've both seen something. Um, and it's vulnerability. It's, it's that solidarity. We can have that with God. And, and that... Is, is the kind of stuff that begins to, to build a strength inside of us that, that enables us to be resilient and enables us to be, to be able to move forward. So the challenge, I suppose, this week is to try and broach those conversations with God about all of the things going on in our lives and involve him in those scenarios. There'll be things where we naturally will always talk to God about it because it feels like it's godly stuff but the reality is he's prepared to be involved in everything and it's only through that conversation that interaction with him that he will actually feel that you are inviting him in i don't know about you but but over the years i've been in so many scenarios where you begin to realize that that vulnerability is is such a difficult thing for us to master But with God, the strange thing is, we know that he knows everything, but we still put things in boxes and lock the door and don't allow him in. Don't we? We still do that, even though he knows everything. He can see, I mean, he has the ability to see in the box. So he knows what it is. But but it's not a relationship where he's going to just keep, like, trying to talk about the box. He wants you to invite him in to shed some light in the box and I think that's the challenge isn't it that we can we can decide that certain things are untouchable or or things that we can't can't broach he knows about it already so actually the strange thing is we don't even need to talk to him about it we just need to invite him (laughs) to be a part of it because if he knows it then he doesn't need the details he doesn't need you to admit anything or confess anything he just needs you to go to, to God you know you know the box 
let's just deal with the box together. That's enough. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, and I suppose what we're talking about is developing a positive habit. Yeah, it might be. Uh, I would hope when we talk about prayer, it should be a daily thing. Um, actually, do you know what? I hope it's just naturally a daily part of our lives because we begin to realise that without his involvement, we are really not functioning at our best. Whereas if we can be people who go, do you know what? What does my life look like when I, I don't box anything up? I just say, God, this is me and you today in everything. In my work, in my, in my nipping to get a, a coffee from, a, from this shop. You, you're still with me in this. And, uh, and speak to me. Um, use me. Um, help me. Because um, we don't know what we're going to walk into in any scenario, do we? So wouldn't it be amazing if, if we can do that? So the challenge this week is to try and have those conversations with God about all of the things going on in your life and involve him in those scenarios. That's the challenge this week. And then next week, we're going to dig a little bit deeper with this stuff. And we're going to look at um, how Jesus taught us to pray. So we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to try and pull out the, the similarities and the endorsement of what we've talked about this morning from what Jesus actually talked about, because there's some really good stuff. Uh, that we can understand how that stuff, how Jesus talks how to pray, how that links in um, with what we've been talking about and where we're looking to go. So let's just quickly pray to finish. Father God, thank you. First and foremost, you are just um, interested in connection with us. And as we uh, leave this place today, I pray that you would just be so clearly right by our side that we wouldn't uh, fall into that trap of thinking, well, God, you're, you're here when I'm at church. You're here when I listen to worship music or you're, you're here when I'm going to read this bit of the Bible, but, but um, I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure you're busy uh, in all the other times. No, God, you are right by our side. And we thank you for that. And I pray that we would be people who are really aware of it and that actually we just activate that relationship so that we are functioning in partnership with you all the time. Uh, Help us to do that in our conversations with you this week. And I pray we'd really find um, that deeper connection really growing this week. Um, And that we'd we'd find that peace. We'd we'd find that that depth that we uh, are pursuing and requiring from you. So God, just be with us and uh, help us. Amen.